Good evening, good evening, good night. Welcome to a, it's been a minute since we've done one of our KG Fifth World Wildcat and Doc podcasts. Fellas, how are you? We done, well, we, as I said, just me, but we is doing all right today. Doc, how you doing? I'm doing well. You see, I'm sitting over here with my sweat championship cap on, so I'm claiming it. And we, you can claim it twice because <laughs> yeah. the TSU Lady Tigers got the job done and the fella got the job done as well, so both of them are going dancing. Coach Mike Davis said uh, in the post-game press conference, among many things, he said, but he, he thinks his squad should be a 13 seed in the, in the tournament. I'm not sure about that. It'd be nice to see, but I'm not sure that we'll go that far. We'll find out on Selection Sunday. They held on and beat Alcorn 53-50, and the Lady Tigers defeated. Who did defeat Wildcat? They beat uh, the Lady Wildcat. I mean, the Lady Tigers beat the Grambling Tigers. Tiger, exactly. Who was the, were were the number one seed in the tournament? And Doc, I Cold found, regular season championship with yeah, Texas Southern University. And I remember you telling us, you know, team, it, it some, it was it was a drop off, kind of like just you know a minor drop, but there was a drop off. Midway of the season, some way, somehow, Coach Janelle Hayes Perry put it all together, got it, find a way to write yeah, the shit. They went to a spell where they lost three out of four, and I'll be up front and frank with you. I won't tell the other culprit because uh, he's a high name, but we were talking, and we was like, they going to slip to the five seed in the tournament. We were that worried about the way they were playing. Um, I think in our last podcast, we talked about what's wrong with the Lady Tigers. There you go. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been so, that wild, that, uh, that loss. That long, okay. so, and yeah. then she literally, that next game, she won. And then she needed what she got, uh, a bit of a break. Grambling lost uh, a game at home against Alabama State, a team that was uh, talented coming into the tournament rank as a three seed. So wasn't anything to lose to Alabama State. But Grambling was playing so well. They took full advantage. Beat Alcorn State and then beat the fourth seed, Southern, which were playing pretty well, which is a natural rival because Texas Southern and Southern had fought for regular season champions with Alabama State over the last couple of years. So Grambling, in a lot of ways, were the new team. And I think that actually was the difference in the tournament, that the Texas Southern Lady Tigers, although they hadn't won a championship, they'd been there. They lost a tough game a couple of years ago to Prairie View when Prairie View was winning their fourth championship in a row during that spell. They've had a chance to play for a championship where they lose to Southern. So they've been there before. They kept fighting. Now, this team, in a lot of ways, has a lot of new players. But the fact that they've seen it, the expectation is at that level at the program. Ground, in a lot of ways, is rebuilding that expectation because they hadn't been to the championship game in 20-plus years. And I think, ultimately, these ladies rose to the occasion. They got it done. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that they had – been there before, the expectations were there. They've seen the men win the championship. And you see now, for the second time during his illustrious career, Mike Davis has won a championship uh, during the regular season and a tournament championship. Uh, he's won three out of the four championships uh, in terms of the tournament. And four out of five years, he's won championships in the regular season, in the first championship, he won the regular season. They weren't even eligible to tournament, and most mm-hmm. people would argue that's probably their best team. I would suggest this is probably his best coaching job uh, with the fact that um, he's probably a year ahead of schedule in a lot of ways in terms of four of the five starters will be back uh, from this team. They lost Griffin, 
who actually was on the floor for the championship. He came back, and Griffin is the two-sports star that decided to start preparing for the NFL draft. And so he left the team, uh, as many of us we've told you earlier, but just kind of recapping on his championship and why we're saying this is his best coaching job is the fact that uh, uh, that Griffin left before the start of SWAT season. So this is, remember, uh, Griffin, when he was selected in three different areas as all-conference player. That was offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, and newcomer of the year. Now, come back, he gets it done, wins a regular season championship, has to beat Alcorn State. At home, they do it in overtime, classic game, uh, to win the regular season championship, his third in a row. You got to go back to Ed Adams, Coach Edward Ed Adams, the last time they the, the, the Texas Southern Tigers that did anything like that, where they won four in a row in the SWAC, and it was actually five championships in a row because the 53 team, if you would, they were in the Midwest Athletic Conference. I'm going to take you way back. Then they went 54, 55, 56, 57 uh, for that uh, run they had there four years in the SWAC, ending in 58. And who knows, he might have kept winning. He actually died in 58 of a heart attack, uh, which is what uh, literally stopped the run there. And then, you, obviously, everybody knows about Coach uh, Robert Moreland in terms of his championship run. And then you even have uh, uh, other coaches coming in here and getting it done uh, in terms of that. But bringing it back to Coach Davis, he got it done, should be proud. He had swept the all-conference honors. Uh, that had never been done. In regards offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, newcomer of the year, and freshman of the year. Now, the newcomer in the offensive player was Lofton, and um, he got it done and won both of those. Uh, but the big big game was is Marvin Jones, the center, really had his best game of not only the season, the last two years. Think about that in regards to what he got done. Yeah, Marvin Jones had, had four blocks. 14 points, seven rebounds, four blocks, two assists, and one steal today. And he played big. And um, the last two games where he played Alcorn, he actually fouled out. Alcorn has some bigs, not quite as tall as Jones, but they play other well. They're big body guys. They're like football players. Yes. And they take to the boards. And actually, that's what brought them back in the game. But Jones started out so uh, well that he gave Texas Southern a lot of cushion, and they were able to hang on, hit some big shots by the freshman. Montre Trey Jefferson, yep. Yep, and everybody was talking about Jefferson all year. Tough shots, but uh, Coach seemed to give him enough string where he gave him the confidence at the end. Wide open shot. And shot clock is running down, so he has to take it. He settles down, takes the shots, and bears it. Nothing but the net. They were, what, 3 of 14, 4 of 15 from the 3? Before that, three, they were 4 for 14. That's what I figured. So they weren't doing well from the three, but he buried the shot. They hit two big late threes. Got probably closer than need to be when um, at yeah. the end of the game, Jones did have a, a bad play uh, where he got caught in the corner. As big as he is, he brought the ball down low. Exactly. Yep. And it got tied up. So the Braves fall all the way to the end and literally had a three at the end of the game playing off the bar. They would have tied it and probably sent it overtime, but it was not to be done. Uh, they foul. Texas Southern hits a free throw, clinches it at the line. Similar to what happened on the women's game where a tough foul 
Uh, they call it a um, flagrant flagrant foul. A lot of people question that flagrant foul. It was a tough foul, but I'm not sure it's flagrant. I'm not. Sure. It ultimately was the difference in the game. Uh, but the Grambling would have had to hit a tough three, but they went up four and really took the momentum, and they get it done. So that's the end I'll give you there on the Texas Southern Tigers, and we're coming from this game. So you can see I'm excited again. I have my SWAT championship hat on, rooting on the Tigers as we're in the office. Got an interview with President Austin Lane, his excitement, his first year. He said he'll never forget this, that the fact that the women, first time ever in the school history, winning championship. Again, the men win back-to-back tournament championships. This is after winning three regular season championships in a row, four out of five, three out of four in terms of uh, tournament championships, and they're going dancing. So we're interested to see what the seeds are uh, tomorrow for the men and then Monday for the women. So it'll be interesting to see where they're going and what's going on. Update I will give you is Bethune-Cookman dominated the regular season, one loss in conference race. That Hampton, Hampton knows how to play as a championship team, lost their player. They were trending in the wrong direction, literally about to fall out of the pole. They find a way to make a run in the tournament, and they get it done, upsetting Bethune-Cookman. Heartbreak for the Wildcats. They were playing so well, 20-plus wins on the season. But the Lady Panthers get it done. The reason, I mean, Lady Pirates, I say get it done. The reason I kind of jump and give you an update on the MEAC there, that means more than likely you'd have to believe that they're going to keep Hampton probably is a 16 seed. The play against Connecticut with, makes it more likely that Texas Southern Lady Tigers will play the number one seed Baylor in this region. Uh, they're probably hoping for a 15 seed, but uh, I think that uh, may be a little tough in terms of RPI. But that's the kind of things you're probably looking at here in this area, just some early indications. And, and so on the men's side of the MEAC, North Carolina Central get gets it done they had a game uh for three quarters of that game it was going back and forth norfolk state actually took a lead uh and they're playing well looks like they may decide to go to cbi uh playing the john mcclendon classic um so that will be fascinating kind of look at what's taking place there a couple of other updates uh on the hbc <coughs> division front uh before we move forward um on the men's side, Virginia Union loses big. They were seven seed first round game. They lose the Shipping Birds seventy nine to fifty nine. Uh, Bowie State, the men uh, lose to Fairmont State ninety three to sixty seven. Those are both CIAA teams. And then you have Clark Atlanta coming out of the SIC. They travel over to old stomping ground of mine and play Alabama Huntsville UAH and lose ninety six to eighty one. Um, that's also home of the Alabama A&M Bulldogs uh, out of the SWAC. So that'll do it on the men's side. So one and done for three HBCU men programs. Uh, when you look at what took place on the women's side, you had a little more going on. Benedict, the ladies out of SIAC win their first round game 71-60 out of Valdosta State. But they stumble in the second round as they play West Florida, which was the two seed. So you had two versus three. Can't get out of that game as they go down 74-51. to 51. Move over to the other side. You have Johnson C. Smith that won the uh, CIAA tournament. They lose a close one to Indiana, Pennsylvania, 59-55. That would have set up a matchup against Virginia Union, uh, who in the first round defeated Wheeling Jesuits 66-58. to 
but Virginia Union is not through yet. They defeated the two seed that they defeated Johnson C. Smith, getting a little payback for the CIAA, winning that game 62 to 58. Uh, that was a three over two seed. So coming out of this region will be Virginia Union playing number one California Pennsylvania. That game is uh, March 13th. That will be obviously uh, Sunday. I mean Monday. So it'll be interesting to see if they can make it to the Elite Eight uh, uh, as they did last year, seeing if they can re make another run. And so they lost all everything last year, but they back in the business. Uh, Lady Walker is getting it done, playing some good basketball. So it's interesting to see what's going on there. So those are some updates. In terms of the NIA, they don't start to Wednesday, uh, but a couple of women's programs will be going on. And on the men's side, one that I'm interested in, Keeping up with is on Wednesday, you have the number two seed, Dillard, Louisiana, 24-7. I have a number ranked in the HBCU mid-major poll. They take on number seven, Oklahoma City. Uh, Dillard comes in at 24-7, taking on Oklahoma City, 21-10. But just on the outer side of the bracket, and this is what they call the dual bracket, you have Langston sitting at number six, uh, coming in at 22-9. Dillard is out of the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, and Langston is out of the Red River Athletic Conference. They have the number one team in the conference in the country at the NIA level on the men's side, coming out of Red River. So that's the type of tough conference they've played in. But they're playing number three, Biola, out of California, which comes in that game 26 and 5, which means you could have an HBCU matchup in that second round that both teams can go through. You have Dilla facing off Langston. So that was interesting to see if that would take place. In the Langston bracket, you have uh, HBCU Harris Stowe State out of uh, Missouri coming in in 19 and 12 will take on Dalton State out of Georgia. So that's interesting to me. You go over to the other side of the bracket, which means you could have a final championship game between two HBCUs. We'll see if that uh, will happen. Um, chance for some Final Four action. You have in the Kramer bracket, you have Wiley Texas College, 23-9. They come out of that River, River, River Athletic Conference, so they had stiff competition. Again, I told you, the number one team out of there. They take on Hope International California 25 and 7 versus 29 and 3 matchup there in terms of 2 and 7. And then you have Talladega out of Alabama coming out of that Gulf Coast Athletic Conference over there with uh, Dillard uh, sitting at 22 and 10. They come in as a 5 seed in that Kramer bracket, taking on 4th seed Sagu out of Texas. That's out of that Red River uh, Conference. So that'll be a matchup. Both all these games are on Wednesday. Four or five seeds, so you could find another matchup down, but you'd have to literally make it uh, out of win two games before you'd see Talladega facing Wiley. So that's on the men's side, on the women's side, a couple of games that uh, highlight Dr. Scale that I'm interested in looking at what's going on in terms of some of those uh, big time programs coming out of there, out of what they call the Naismith bracket for the women, uh, Talladega, Alabama. Uh, 22 and 8 on the women's side. They will take on uh, number three seed Campville, Kentucky. 25 and 6. So that's three versus six matchups. So that's one that will be interesting in terms of the numbers. Uh, that's what's going on in regards to HBCs on the uh, women's side that you want to keep your eyes on. Big time matchups. I'm um, interested to see what will come out of the CIAA. And that's pretty much HBCU report. I think we got it all in. A lot of big games, a lot of championships. Uh, everything going on, told you, North Carolina Central does get it done against uh, Norfolk State. So 
and we'll see and give you some updates as I get back from Cuba wearing my swag championship hat. The world travels <laughs> going to another place around the world, Wildcat. <laughs> when, he, when he said that earlier tonight, I'm like, okay. Yeah, you he, he said that, but, but you know what? I'm behind with you. I thought maybe you headed back to the cigar place and all. I, 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 I was gonna <laughs> yeah, get, yeah. I'm gonna get back to the correction and I, like he gonna tell me something different now when we get to when we when we start sitting no, down and all. No, I actually go to the real deal. We gonna see what we can get done over there. Well, a couple of things. Let me go a couple of things. I want to give uh, as Doc touched on. It's the first time in the Lady Chop Tigers of Texas Southern's history program history to. Reason NCAA tournament, you, yeah. and um, Wildcat and I <laughs> have witnessed a lot of things. Known uh, Janetta a long time. We covered her when she played ball at Rice. Think about that. I asked you to referee and some we, games while she was at Sterling High School. I was going to say, and you knew back when she in her high school days. Wow. So this is yeah. So this was. It was nice to see her recent accomplishment, and, and I want to give a shout out. And to, she's uh, come up the ladder. You said she went mm-hmm. all the way down to the NIA that yep. we just talked about. Yep. She's at Wilder College right. in mm-hmm. that Red River and, Conference, and one there, one there. Mm-hmm. She came over uh, with Coop for a short period of time at Prairie View when Coop ultimately won there. Mm-hmm. She's uh, gone off when Coop went, went to Wilmington. Yep. Went with the Wilmington. She's won over there. Now she's at Texas Southern coming back with Coop when Coop won the regular season. She won here, and now she finds a way to get it done. So she has championship pedigree and coaching experience across the board. She gets it done. Um, I'd hate to lose that Texas Southern, uh, but this is a lady that should get a shot at a program that many people would call a mid-major program. Not that I'm trying to push her out the door, uh, but I think uh, some individuals get their due and uh, hopefully they do call. I think when coaches get it right and get it done, I'd love to see them move forward and get it done. So, uh, uh, again, I'm not trying to push it out there, not trying to be an agent to get out there. But, hey, we I do want it on record that we said it first, right. that if she gets that type of shot. And um, well, shout out to Marvin Jones for being most valuable player of the men's SWAC Men's Championship Tournament. And then also shout out to Joyce Kennison of Lady Tigers who, being named most valuable player in the SWAC women's basketball tournament. Joyce had 29 points today, played all 40 minutes. Mm. Shot 50% from the floor all today. 40 minutes, man. 11 for 22 from the floor. And I think someone is following me on Twitter, is letting her know that I'm tweeting about her or tweeting Instagram photos or things because it started a few days ago. One of my colleagues on the West Coast asked me to give to mention, ask other people, in one of her polls on her website, the Women's Hoops blog, uh, name five players, women's basketball college players, who will their team to win. Mm. And initially, my first answer was Diana Taurasi, because I didn't know she was talking current players. Yeah. And she said, no, I mean current players. So I named players from big-time programs, power five schools. But then I said, also in a tweet to her, I said, on local level, Houston talent, Houston player, Houston area talent, Joyce Kenderson has willed her squad to victories. Great, great analysis. And Joyce found out about that because it, and she's retweeted that, she favored that, and then I posted a, some clip on my Instagram, Houston Round Bar Review, of her accepting the uh, MVP Trophy Today award well, from there. SWAC uh, Conference Commissioner Dora Sharp. She retweeted that. So, TSU 
women and men's programs have high expectations to get the tournament. Coach Mike Davis said in his post-game press conference, he, he has expectations to get to the Final Four. I'm going to... Yeah, he said he wants to set history. He wants to be the first yes. HBCU to make it to the Final Four at the Division One level. I'm going to shift <laughs> to, ex to a school a few miles that from is, Texas Southern that aspires to be that apparently that has lost its expectations of such lofty heights. And this is a program that still is top ten in Final Four appearances. Reached five Final Fours, and I am an alum. And I tweeted wow. this last night. After the third seed U of H men's team lost to the sixth seed Connecticut Huskies, who were 15 and 16 at the time of this game, then now UConn is now back under 500 after losing to Cincinnati in the semifinals of the American Athletic Conference Tournament Saturday. I tweeted this Saturday, uh, Friday night after U of H's 74-65 loss in the quarterfinals for the second year in a row in the AAC I'm as right. a better-seeded team. To a fellow University of Houston alums, stop accepting slash tolerating mediocrity in the men's basketball program. That kicked off a firestorm. firestorm. Some folks asked me if I was calling for Coach Kelvin Sampson's job. No, for two reasons. One, I don't believe he'll be fired anyway because next season is going to be a vagabond year with the construction of the Tillman Fertitta Center. Which is beautiful. So Probably he's going to get a play some games over here in Texas Southern. How yes. about that? How about that? But more importantly, I have more problems with Coach Sampson and whoever is in charge of the scheduling non-conference games. And we've touched on many of these podcasts when they're scheduling teams that aren't very good, aren't known to the local area fans, who have, who, as I tweeted in some of my responses, UVA alums, UVA students are like many Houstonians when it comes to sports. Don't know. They come to see the opponent rather than the local team. Mm -hmm. So if UVA marketing and administration does not bring in schedule big time opponents, they're not going to come see UVA play. That's a fact. Now you tie in, we have a poor marketing program. We have alums who love the football program, raise the expectations of the football program, but seem to not want to raise the expectations of the men's basketball program. Men's basketball program, I do believe, Wildcat, was built by a Hall of Fame coach, name of Gavi Lewis, got the program to five Final Fours. Yeah. Last time U of H men's basketball won, won a game, in the tournament, I do believe it was 1984. Wow. What year is this now? This is 2017. 2017. So true, though. So we are talking about a program. And let me say this. Kelvin Sampson inherited a mess. He had, I think, seven players his first year. He didn't have enough players to have 505 practices. He couldn't folks, go 505. And folks running out the door so fast, they they ready to run butt naked you know, through the street. He had some folks on Twitter say that they will never send talented pro players to U of H ever again because of how they handled, how they dismissed the previous coaching staff. So Coach Sampson was dealing with a lot of stuff. This is now his third year into the program. He's built a nice foundation of trying to establish a winning culture at U of H men's basketball. But I'm listening. They won 22 games last year, were 12 and 6 in the conference. Mm -hmm. This year, they won 21 games overall, mm -hmm. were 12 and 6 mm -hmm. 
in the mm-hmm. conference. Last year, they beat everybody in the American Athletic Conference at least once. This year, they lost twice to SMU. They lost twice to Cincinnati. And after their quarterfinal loss to UConn, they lost twice to a not really average at best UConn team this year. So for, for some alum to say, well, he improved the squad this year, he still lost in the quarterfinal of the AAC. AAC. So that's, that's the same thing. That's stagnation right there. Yeah. In reality, until the Tillman Fertitta Center is built, Hall Fines mm-hmm. is worse than the H&PE Arena, is worse than Tudor Fieldhouse at Rice, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's yeah, two true. programs, two facilities that U of H has allowed, the alums have allowed the program to fall off the cliff when it comes to facilities over the last 30 years. And now in the last month and a half, there it is worse than a high school arena. And now it's worse than Delmar Fieldhouse. That's a little so that's, that's, where we are. that's where I'm coming from when I say we have allowed ourselves to accept mediocrity. Across the board. Across the board. So it's not a question of Kelvin Sampson. And I had one alum challenge me and say, well, once the facility is built, until the facility is built, we're not going to win. So basically he's saying next year's a wash because we're not going to have a... That's a piss-poor-ass excuse. Thank you. Thank you. Literally. So we're going to have talent players, better talent coming in next year, but because they don't have a new facility, we're not going to the tournament. That's what we're saying. That's what we already expect next year. I'm sorry. Once again, God V. Lewis built this program. We are now accepting less than best in the U of H program. I refuse to accept that as an alum of the University of Houston. I put in one of my tweets. We are the University of Houston. We have to expect better. Period. Mm-hmm. Understand. Uh, yeah, I you get said that. It loud and clear. I, I get that. It's hard I, to follow up with that uh, framing of the discussion. Certainly emotional, but you can see why. A lot of spirit, and actually, your expectation seems to be higher than a lot of people that are pushing uh, the buttons over there, which is can be a sad and frustrating state. Um, and it's a program with too rich of a history to see that happen. And, and that's where I'm coming from. Like I said, we we people. Alumnus quickly have forgotten Tony Levine, the football coach, was fired after what what record? Eight and three. Eight and five. Well, what? I think it was eight and five. Well, maybe whatever. That's that's above average. Yeah. It's not, but it's, it wasn't what they expected from the that football team that year. You mean? Because they raised expectations of what they expect on the football side. I, I'm expecting the same thing on the basketball side. Now, saying that. Say it tells also what they did during that process, and I don't know how they get over it. I don't know how they get around it, but they have got to get over the uh, the mentality of coaches use this as a jumping off point. No, coaches do not use U of H as a jumping off point. You have a bar set low that you will accept anyone coming in, putting the program together. Winning and then moving forward. You, as an alumnus, you as a student body, use it as an administration, have to get in the mindset of this 
university will not be a jumping off point and not because of money. This university sees an opportunity and a coach coming in and starting to build a program, substantiate it, and on a consistent basis, get you to a point that you hadn't been before. You as an alumnus, you as a university, you as an administrator have to get into the mindset of, I will do whatever I need to to make sure that gets taken care of academically and athletically because that those two situations are your lifeline. Doc, you always get on me about athletics first instead of academics. But listen, I, 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 I will say yeah, this. And, 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 and in reverse, and I'm saying that's what we actually practice. I believe in academics first versus athletics, but in so many places, in actuality, you're right. It's athletics and, first. And it's, it leads that way sometimes for the wrong reason, and nobody gets beyond that. I think, and I'm hoping, that the president that you all have at your university now has made a decision that I intend on seeing all of this expand and move forward. This will not be a jumping off point because we will make a decision to hold on to our uh, our coaching staff, hold on to our research uh, 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 professors, yeah. and figure out a way how to how to mesh that all together and allow the university to grow. Because what has made the the two flagships in this state, A and M and Texas. Expand out to where they are. If somebody said, you know what? I think we need to invest in that. Right. And until U of H, University of Houston makes a, a physical, pocket, mental investment in that, uni- in, that, in that program, that institution, none of this, what we speak here today, will move forward. And for whatever reason, your alumnus, they do a lot of talking. And we see them online on a regular basis. And the next thing out of their mouth, when that, when that hand come, reaches out from the, from the administration, yep. it's bad. Yeah, a lot of alums, and, and let me also say this. It's, I mean, it's a football city, football state. We, we have a handful of alums who will be at the basketball games regardless of the opponent. I, I know all that. I mean, I live here. I was born here. I know, I know Houston. But we talk about wanting to be a big-time athletic program. Don't just talk about it. Be about it. We have to do things. That means alums need to show up at the games, the basketball games, need to spend some money, invest in the program. Mm -hmm. One of the great things Coach TSU head coach Mike Davis said during his post-game press conference when he talks to players, recruits, we're going to go to the NCAA tournament with you or without you. And you got to have that mentality. And that's the mindset you need to have. And he's put it on the table. He's done that. He's shown it. And trust me. We go on the postseason tournament, NCAA tournament more than not. We win in regular season championships. Now, and, and I'm going to say this because the three kids now have, have, have graduated from what other you, institutions, and I'm going to let you go on. The parents have said sitting in the stands, you know, Kind of wanted my kid out of this, out of the city, but I'm not sure I made the right decision. That's huge. And 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 Doc, 
This is as a junior year, senior year, and all three of those kids are from this area. Two are HISD kids. One is a suburban. But they all left out, and they didn't get there, and they are in mid-major programs. Right. And the parents, I'm like, well, at least you admitted that. Because most parents, all three of us, would know this for a fact, would not admit that. That they, that they pushed their kid out of the city for the wrong reason. Man, you got the Division One programs right here, at, at, uh, and I thought the other thing he said about that, which is something that you're gonna have to get not only to the players which you're speaking to, but to the parents that you're alluding to. He says the biggest thing that he's trying to get over to the students is to believe that that they're gonna make swag. I mean, make an NCAA tournament run. It's not in March, but in July. And mm-hmm. he was saying that that's the attitude and the mindset of the workout attitude that they have. They have to believe in the history here, as I talked about, uh, as he alluded to after my question, talking about Ed Adams, talking about Coach Moreland and expectation here, and make sure students have pride in Texas Southern University, particularly in this basketball program when they come back. He said there's a history of uh, doctors and lawyers coming out of here, uh, pharmacists. Mm-hmm. He said individuals owning their own business, VPs of NFL teams. Uh, VPs of Walgreen type of corporate Fortune 500 companies. He said, "You can do it here. You can get it done. You know, you can believe whatever you want." But the expectation, he says, is his biggest hurdle he has to do is not have them so much believe it during tournament time back in July. I thought that was value when it goes back to your point in terms of not only making sure players understand that, but families and parents mm-hmm. of players. Mm-hmm. When they're making those decisions, understand that. I think that was a significant and let's, and let's be clear on this. TSU and Mike Davis have been in the tournament multiple times. How much fan support is he getting? How many people come to the game? And, and, and I'm going to say this because... Not as, not as much as you and uh, people <laughs> suggest <laughs> should be. Right. Exactly. And, 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 and let's be and real he's now. Still and he's still finally getting it up. And, and, let's and he still pays homage to the fans <laughs> that are coming <laughs> and saying those fans that are here <laughs> are loud <laughs> and proud... And so, uh, still, the culture that he's cultivating is growing and bigging, but it's not everything is already made and fluff and stuff. It's not, not over there. He's, he's, he's getting it done he's regardless. Not, thank you. He's not waiting for a new facility to be built. He's not waiting for all these things to fall from the sky. He's still winning. He's still getting to this NCAA tournament. And, and the one thing that everybody has made a conscious effort of, you know what? They're having some fun over there, and I ain't involved. Yeah. And they ain't waiting on me. Certain games, so everybody show up. They got a packed house. Last thing, we're gonna wrap it up. But this this ties into everything we're saying. Non-conference, join the non-conference. And and that that's the point, right there. Non-conference. Who? Which of the two programs received more national recognition for the non-conference schedule? TSU or U of H? PSU. In the discussion. In the discussion. Clay, who are you, sir? I am. The Fifth Ward Wildcat. You can find me online f- at uh, Facebook, tweet, uh, uh, tweet deck, Twitter, JL Woodley One, Jerry L Woodley Jr., and on SoundCloud, YouTube, Blogger, Blogspot, AKSV, the CSR, the College Sports Report. I got one thing to say: if you can, all my social media friends, go to Dark Horse. Dunker.com, D-A-R-K-H-O-R-S-E, 
D-U-N-K-E-R.com and vote for Northwestern State Zeke Woodley. You are, sir. Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the sports professor, a.k.a. the data doctor. You can follow me on the social media platforms at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. And that is D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. And you can do that on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Uh, you can also get me on SoundCloud to catch our podcast of our regular show every Tuesday, Dr. Cavill's Inside HBC Sports Lab. We live every Tuesday. This Tuesday, I'll actually have a student. And we're looking, we might have to switch it to Wednesday, so check uh, both days. Certainly the podcast will be out a little later in the week because of myself traveling to Cuba. But uh, check out Angel Corona Students. Texas Southern University Sport Management. I'm going to pass the mic to him, and he will take care of the show and get it done for me. Uh, but you can listen on SoundCloud at Dr. Ville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab to catch Dr. Ville's uh, Inside the HBCU Sports Show that is live as a podcast. Going to wrap it up with a couple of notes. Uh, congratulations to Don Staley for becoming. Head coach of the UFC basketball senior women's national team, first African American woman to receive that honor, and she's going to work hard to make it seven straight Olympic gold medals for the most dominant women's basketball team in the world. Wow! Yeah. Next, HBU men's basketball has will play the Campbell Camels in the first round of the upcoming college insider tournament, also or better known as the CIT. Last but not least. You can go online to GuyVLewisAward.org to cast your vote, one vote per day, for the top player, boys high school player in the greater Houston area. I am on that basketball committee for those alums who question my loyalty to my program. There's some notable one. names on them. There's, there's another one for you right there. Should be some. Is some. Uh, there's one notable one, a Tascacita, because he is committed to University of Houston. <laughs> So, but he is yes. H I S D. I don't. I don't. And I'm talking about Faith and White, six seven from Atascocita. We got a kid from Side Falls. So that's not HSD. I don't believe anybody. Oh no, we got one. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm sorry. I did. I, I thought so. Sam Houston, Kenny Davis. Yeah. I was for the C. Five ten, Kenny Davis, who was going to. He's committed to TCU, okay. which is now right. I do believe past U of H. Basketball in Texas. Yeah. That's why because, we brought it up. Yeah. Because of their head coach, David Dixon. Along with this, yeah. 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 And Max, excuse me, and then we got another one. Max Evans from Bel Air. I was, hey. Committed to Vanderbilt. Saw him play. So you saw got both of those kids play. HSD kids here. We got Savion Flag. And, and their opening uh, of uh, Delmar. I've seen both of those kids play. And trust me, that facility, it is, I will say, Houston's taxpayers spent some good money. It took a long time. It took them long enough. Took too long. And, to be and trust me, I still ain't happy. Yeah. And I've made made that known publicly. I've said that to two people's face to face that are trustees, and they looked at me with this look like, "Well, you know what? What about?" I like, yeah, it took too long. You let money sit on the table. But you can go to GabbyLewisAward.org and see the see photos of the each, of each candidate and cast your vote as well. One vote per day. We're going to have the Gabby Lewis Award banquet. On Tuesday, March 28th, at the U of H Athletics Alumni Center. 
So you can see, you can, and it's free to the public. You can uh, see the award presented. All, all ten young men will be invited to attend. Hopefully, be, each of them be able to to uh, to be there, and they can bring their coaches, high school coaches, and their family, parents, friends, etc., to be there as well. Everyone of them is invited to attend and encouraged and urged to attend. So, if you want to be there, if you're a fan of one of the young men, stop on by U of H and be in the alumni center. I think. It, 6.30 to 7.30. That's a big day as well, basketball here in town, because the Rockets host the Golden State Warriors that same day also. And then a few days later, all three of us will be in Dallas. Rolling out. Final well, four. I'll be there the next day. You'll be there the next day. Yeah. And the Doc and I will be there. I'll be there the day after, and Doc will be there on the 31st. But all of us will be covering the Women's Final Four in Dallas, and we'll see if UConn can make it 8,000 in a row. <laughs> um, well, I think it'll be 11 championships, five in a row. That's pretty Win streak will be up to like one. 106, 125, or 300, or 250, or whatever it is, you know. Oh, we'll see. Hopefully, Baylor will have a chance. I think, I still believe Baylor, they got some work to do. <laughs> they have some work. I, they got lots of work to do. I was disappointed when they got trucked by West Virginia in the Big 12 championship game. And I, I sat there and watched Nice Martin is somebody to be dealt with. She hoops. She gets after it. And I'm going to tell you, up close, she plays and just plays. She doesn't look to hold her head down. She getting jumped on. It don't matter. She just gets up out the bench. I gets out of there, walks out of time out, and says, "I'm going to work, and I you in my way, and I'm gonna get you out of the way because I'm tired of this man in my ear about I ain't getting work done." So, and you're making your road trips as well. So, real quick, yeah, uh, know where you're gonna be. I don't know yet. I kind of wait, waiting for the practice uh, Monday. Um, but most likely, if I go anywhere uh, early, it'll be to Austin, to, to Texas, maybe even to Waco, depending on what how the bracket is set up. But I know for sure I will definitely be going to Oklahoma City Regional uh, the 24th and 26th, at, back at home, make the U-turn, and it's a bus trip to Dallas and hang out. Yes, a bus trip, folks. It's, it's, that's all it is. Why should I be spending $100? And, and you know, on, on gas, when I can just spend, you know, whatever, uh, twenty-five dollars or thirty dollars round trip for a bus trip, and I appreciate that. I'm a senior citizen, and I love my little senior citizen. Discount. No problem at all. <laughs> and uh, so we touched on a lot of things in this. Doc, I like that. KG Fifth of Wildcat and Doc podcast. We're just getting back in the swing of things. We'll do uh, do a try to do more before we get to the final four. We'll we definitely have. A podcast in store for you while we're in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to get something done now, no, baby. No worries about that. So, <laughs> we're going to get something done now. As I always do, in conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more. <laughs> <laughs>